What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 66 of the Noise Podcast, brought to you by Noise.co.uk and sponsored by Sarah Brown Records. I am your host, Sashi Boy, Chris Pugh, and I am joined, as ever, and for the first time in video, by my very good friend and Miss Cynical himself, Samuel Lewis. Mate, how are you? It's tremendous to see you. <laughs> if the viewers hopefully agree, otherwise yeah. it's also the last time yeah. I've ever done a video. But man, absolutely. Um, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be able to do this in a visual sense, and hopefully we'll be able to do this in the same room soon as well, which will be um, a wicked thing for us. I'll tell you what, mate, we're doing two, we're recording two shows tonight back to back on my birthday. And if you don't respect the graft of that, then I just don't know what to tell you. On my bloody birthday. Honestly, it's it's an it's an incredible thing that you're doing. I also like the um the wrestler type. And if you don't like that, yeah, I'm like at the camera now, like it's right up there. <laughs> Do you remember that thing of Scrubs where JD's like, I'm gonna probe you. <laughs> He's producing the macho turn. man, Doctor Cox. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> wicked. Um, I'm so cool. We've mentioned there that we're doing this in video form, but obviously, if you're a long-time listener of the Noise Podcast, and if you are, thank you for that, you'll know that occasionally me and Sam are having some bandwidth issues at the moment, and this might add to that, and it might cause further problems in the actual audio sounding. So it, we've opened the show and said we're going to record in video. If it starts making things difficult and making things sound terrible, we're going to drop off to audio. So if, you, if you're watching this and it's entirely in audio, it's because halfway through, Sam sent me a quick message and said, this isn't working and we're dropping off. But for the time being, everything's okay. So we are going to roll forward. Uh, this is a review of the brand new Gajira Record Fortitude. Uh, very excited to start talking about that. However, some housekeeping first. We are a fortnightly, or at the moment, we're actually a weekly rock and metal podcast brought to you by Noise.co.uk and sponsored by Stereo Brain Records. And we're available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts or watch in this case, we are available there. And please subscribe to us if you're on YouTube or like slash follow, depending on whichever service you are using. That is absolutely the best way to support us. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast. Both me and Sam run that account. And on our last episode of the Noise Podcast, you will know that me and Sam spoke to Loz Taylor, uh, head vocalist from While She Sleeps, which was a tremendous, tremendous moment for me and Sam. Uh, that episode is still up on YouTube and all the places you can get podcasts. Go back and listen to that. Great chat, great experience for me and Sam. Sam, there's no reason to keep people waiting any longer. I've been waiting. I've had this record for quite a long time because I w- I've reviewed it for Distorted Sound and I've done a feature with Mario Duplantier, who is the drummer of Gajira for Distorted Sound. So I've had this record for a long time and I cannot tell you how desperately I've wanted to talk to you about, about this record. So Fortitude is out on the 30th of April via Roadrunner Records. It's Gajira's seventh album and the follow-up to 2016's Magma. Sam, uh, let me put something to you here uh, as we get off in the review. Because of the technical excellence of Gajira and how complex they are as a band and musically they've been quite literally for 20 years now, I almost feel like they should have a niche audience. But, but, you know, the fluctuating time signatures, complex riffs and writing patterns. But because of the genius way that they figure out how to add anthem to literally anything. Gajira are a massive deal, specifically in modern metal, and Fortitude feels like another real big event in metal. Would you agree? I would. I would. I would also agree with your assertion that they are a ridiculously complex and progressive band that also um, have turned their, their niche into something that isn't niche in the metal audience. Because... The Gajira remind me of, of several different bands sort of melded together. Um, they remind me a little bit of a bigger Mastodon, a little yeah. bit of a bigger, a little, a little bit of tool with balls, you know, a bit more punch to them, you know mm. what I mean? Um, and that that should be, in theory, a prog metal audience, uh, of which it's a group that enjoys gatekeeping and likes being niche. Yeah. Anyway, um, but it's not, like you're right. Gajira are, you know, at the very sub-headline level at download, um, which is actually a refreshing, a refreshing thing that a band this talented and progressive have actually achieved those heights. And this is absolutely an event, as pretty much the last three or four Gajira albums have been, maybe even more than that. You know, it's worth mentioning, Sam, the position of where Gajira are now is actually somewhat incredible. You know, their album Terra Incognita, which came out in 2001, is 24th on Metal Hammer's greatest death metal albums of all time list. You know, 
the, the build in Gajira's sound has been really phenomenal. They were, you know, they were absolutely a death metal band in those early 2000s. And, and that breakthrough record from Mars to Sirius was was really their first game changer. And um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with From Mars to Sirius. I know you know Magma quite well. Um, do you know, do you know much of From Mars to Sirius? Yeah, I did a bit of a deep dive this week as well. So I listened to Magma again. I listened to, um, I'm going to say this wrong, L'Enfant Sauvage. Oh, L'Enfant Sauvage, yeah. Oh, there we go. Your French is much better than mine. <laughs> and... And from Master Sirius, I listened to as part of the greatest metal of all time list making exercise. Um, so I've I'm, I'm more well versed in the at least the last four to five Gajira records, and and and, and I, I I agree I agree with you. Uh, I thought Master Sirius is, is is a tremendous album, but you can absolutely hear the progression that they've taken um, on each one, and I think I think another step has been taken on yeah. the attitude. I mean, they really are. An amazing band, aren't they? They, <laughs> yeah. they, are, yeah, they like, are. We haven't said that yet. Third. They are incredible. In terms of as a, as a metal performance musically in the 21st century, mate, they really ain't swinging punches with many others. They're almost in a league of their own. In terms of modern metal, I know that bands Metallica, I made and still exist in the 21st century, but in terms of bands that have emerged in the 21st century, I, you know, who are, who are Gajira swinging with musically? Um, there, there really isn't right. many, if any. Yeah, no, no, you, no, you're right. Um, it's an interesting, it's interesting take that you mentioned. Who are their contemporaries? I think, I think you could make arguments that is it, is it Machine Head? Is it Lamb of God? Mm. Not directly genre wise, but in terms of length, size, because um, me and you talked about this before. Um, there's a second tier, isn't there? Yeah. Of metal bands now that have been involved for 15 to 20 years that have got a lengthy discography. And I think we were talking that Trivium broke into that category recently yeah. when, we, when we talked about their new album last year. And I think the other bands in that are Slipknot and Mastodon and maybe Event Sevenfold and maybe Trivium. And Gajira are a glue, the glue in that group because they are absolutely, um, absolutely entrenched in that. I want to throw a question back to you. Has there ever been a band that has been around this long in the metal world that has had this little controversy or negative fan reaction? Because I can't think of one that's been around this long. Because that is a great you look, question. You look at the look at their contemporaries that I just mentioned. All right, Slipknot, every album's a controversy, and Volume 3 pissed off millions of Slipknot fans. Machine Head have got, obviously, they've had lineup changes and issues, but also they've had massive fan reaction, especially to the last couple of albums. Avenged Sevenfold, I mean, that, that speaks for itself. Lamb of God have had massive reactions to uh, Sturm and Drang, where that took some criticism for the for the melodic change. Gajira were the most consistent, I mean, Mastodon are probably the other, the, the, the other one. Uh, Gajira were the most consistent metal band of the 21st century. Well, mate, they've had one lineup change in their entire band history, and that was in 1998. So for 23 years... They've been the same band, and they've been, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go into this in a bit more detail later. But they've been fighting the same fight for 23 years. And mate, you make a great point. There has literally been not one drop off for Gajira. Even like the album that I like, Gajira, of what I've heard the least, "The Way of All Flesh." It's still a great record. It's just the one that I like least. The Gajira are astronomical in terms of their in terms of, of their consistency. They have done what While She Sleeps have done, but they've done it for 10 years longer, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we were talking oh, about yeah. how consistent While She Sleeps have been for 10 years. Kajira have done it for 20. Yeah, it's, it's extraordinary. I've never met a person who hates them. No. Nah. Ever. Ever in my life. Even if it's come into conversation, it's never been like, oh, they're, they're not for me. It's either, oh, I haven't heard enough, but the things that I've heard are really good, or I absolutely love them. Yeah, and that that in this genre, in this zeitgeist, is absolutely extraordinary. Um, well, I think of all the metal bands that look like they're one step away from being superstar material, I think Gajira are pound for pound the best. So the bands I'm talking about there: Five Finger Death Punch, Ghost, Parkway Drive, Mastodon. 
Personal allegiances aside, I think musically, Gajira headlined that list. Now, I enjoy listening to Parkway Drive more than I enjoy listening to Gajira. That is a purely personal taste. If I speak objectively, I think Gajira undeniably headline that list of bands that are, if superstar level is here, they're just, they're just here and they just need that, that little bump. And then they're right up there. You know, me and you talk about download a lot on this podcast, Sam. And I think that's because download is our metal Super Bowl, isn't it? If you, if you, <laughs> yeah, if you headline download, You've won the Super Bowl. You are one of the bands. That's why me and you talk about it so much. And we always, it's almost, yeah, I, I, we almost use download as like a measuring stick. How, yeah, how, pop, how popular are you? Well, how, where do you plan the download lineup? And, for, you know, maybe that's a good thing that we do. Maybe it's bad. Maybe, maybe we should look further afield. But it is usually the best barometer for success, isn't it? Seeing where you are on the download lineup. Yeah, it, it, especially in this country, obviously, and um, and this is a barometer for for most of Europe as well. I, I, I completely agree. And you've got to use you've got to use something for a success that that measures the contemporary feeling towards a band at a given year. And if you look back um, over the download um, the download headliners, really since it was Monsters of Rock in nineteen eighty, it's actually a pretty decent chronicle. Of, of of how music was going at the time mm, mm. um it's it's the same way that you look at like if like like nba all-stars it's like who was who mattered that year who was important during that five-year stretch and that that's the way that's the way of looking at it now obviously you have to take away the the legacy acts because they've been relevant for 30 years and they're always going to be relevant now but when a new band comes on like when avenge first headlined and slipknot first headlined that was that was significant um, when Michael Michael Romance and Linkin Park got in there, that was significant because it was they've ascended to a certain category. Mm. And I, I, I agree because really we can't use download sales anymore. We can't really use Spotify listens. Um, YouTube and social media could be inflated or explained um, in a way that doesn't doesn't make empirical evidence. Whereas it's download is someone has decided that we think you can play in front of 90,000 people at nine o'clock on a Saturday night in this country. And I think that is incredibly significant. It's it's interesting then, Sam, that of all the love we have for Gajira, of how pound for pound we agree that they are the best band that are waiting for that, best metal band at least, that are waiting for that, uh, just that little nudge up into superstar status. It's, it's interesting then that really... In the 23-year history of Gajira, and obviously we're highlighting more the last five or six years, we're yet to see any kind of statistic that would tell us that they actually are metal superstars. We know that musically they are, but there isn't actually any statistic that we can we can pick out that suggests... I, mean, I think Gajira are a 21st century superstar metal band, and here's my proof. Uh, that That is yet to arrive. I mean... Magma, which was a gr- really brilliant record, uh, that finished 24th in the UK charts, which is still very respectable, very impressive. But you can't, you know, that's unlikely to get your headlining download. The last UK tour was in 2019 with Black Peaks and Rolo Tomasi, which is a tremendous lineup. Uh, they played the Auto Academy in Birmingham, uh, Brixton in London, and the Apollo in Manchester. So there we're talking about venues from two and a half to 6,000 capacity. Now that is great numbers, but it's not superstar numbers. And me and you have spoken about this on the podcast before, and I and I kind of get annoyed at people that say, why aren't Gajira headlining download? What do you mean, why aren't Gajira headlining download the last UK tour? I, can't, I don't know if it's sold out or not, but regardless, it was in academy venues. You can't, you know, Andy Copping, Andy Copping is not going to put Gajira headlining download at nine o'clock on a Friday, Saturday or Sunday without the evidence that at least 35,000 people will turn up. If you're annoyed that Biffy Clyro are headlining download, you're annoyed because people like them. Biffy Clyro sell out arena shows. Biffy Clyro have had two or three UK number one albums. People buy Biffy Clyro albums and they buy Biffy Clyro tickets. Um, So for me, 
it's kind of like you got to vote with your wallet now for Gajira. You it has to be now. If if you're sitting here and you you wish Gajira were more appreciated, you're going to have to prove that with your wallet. Yeah, um, don't see them. You like, love them that much. Is that not is that not the case though? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Um, and, and even then, that takes a while. I mean, because if I'm Andy Copping, uh, and I see and I see Gajira going from six thousand to say the headline Alexandra Palace, and that's what ten thousand. Yeah. Um, I'm still like. Is that enough? Uh, mm. and, and, and then in the next tour, right, maybe they're doing it again. I'm like, cool. But Architects have done that for two and a half years and I can't see... I haven't seen Architects with a downline headline bill. No. So he's... He, um, Andy Coppin has got to be thinking it's even more. It's For, for Coppin, it's got to be... You've got to be doing NIA. Yeah. Or, or somewhere like that, like a fifteen to 20,000 seat venue. has got to be what you tour. Because um, if System of a Down toured tomorrow, they would play 15,000 to 20,000 seat of places. Yep. yep. With a massive, with a massive collection of people with them, so would Tool, so would have Def Leppard, Kiss still somehow, Sadly. still also. <laughs> they have to buy the big venues just to fit in with Jeans and Ego, um, <laughs> yeah. but but that that's that's the way that it works. And I agree with you. I love I love Gajira. I really I really like them as a band, and uh, I, I've appreciated them in the passive sort of way in the last ten in the last ten years or so. And I think this is part of it as well. Um, while Gajira are well respected, they're not. They haven't been forced down my throat. No. I, I've been able to. I've been about. I've been able to. If I wanted to, um, I could. I could avoid. I could never listen to Gajira again in my life if I wanted to. Never been forced down my throat in the same yeah. way that, like everyone's heard Metallica in Slipknot and and Bring Me the Horizon. I like to. I like to think of this as the the Leon Winfield test, yeah. right? Because Leon Winfield is a metal fan, and but he doesn't delve outside of the things that are either put in front of him directly by us most yeah. of the time, yeah, or accidentally stumbles on while just you know being an everyday person in the alternative uh, music world now unless we told leon to listen to gajira would leon surreptitiously listen to gajira no he wouldn't would know cross, who they are would they cross paths ever no no um but he'd know who metallica were slayer bring me the horizon avenge sevenfold disturbed these these linkin park these bands and leon cross paths because these bands are fucking massive yeah. And that's that's what needs to happen. Yeah. And before that needs to happen, they it's either people need to start breaking the back to go scene, like you mentioned, or or they need to have a hit record. Yeah. Like a hit a hit single. They need they need they need their duality, they need their beast and the harlot, they need their den with the sickness. Something that transposes. Now, is the Angajira's wheelhouse? Might be. Would it take away from what Gajira are like as a band? Probably. Are they likely to do it? Probably not. Yeah. So you've got to look, you've got to take a step back because Parkway Drive headlined Bloodstock and their album, if you look at social media, was absolutely fucking slighted for six months. Yeah. And yet we watched them headline Bloodstock and they played a tune off the new album. And what happened? People were jumping up and down and singing along and the place went utterly mental when they did pray. Utterly yeah, mental. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to you've got to have that hit single, hit single, and people are moaning about architects. Uh, they'll play Black Lungs live and it'll kick off. They'll yeah, play Dead yeah. Butterflies live and it'll kick off. So we bring the rise in. So Gajira aren't doing that. The fan base isn't flocking them when they do that. And they're not crossing paths with the average alternative metal fan while doing that. So I love Gajira, but acting like saying that they should be headlining download is essentially you saying that you want download to be for 10,000 people. And that's a great shame, isn't it, Sam? Because really... Gajira and Mastodon should be playing to 20,000 people on any, on any given night because they're amazing. And Mastodon, obviously people listen to this podcast a lot, you will know that only recently would I have said that about Mastodon because I'd never really delved into them, but they are incredible. It's it's annoying to me that Gajira and Mastodon aren't playing 20,000 people at any given night. But, mate, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And as we get into this album... Outside of the fact that Gajira are obviously one of the biggest bands in modern metal, I feel like Fortitude feels like an event because of its concept and the way it attacks civilization. I mean, this is a record, Sam, that we need now, and there's no better band than Gajira to be tasked with a record that looks at the divide and the ills of civilization. There, there is no one better tasked with than Gajira because they've been writing about this for a long time. They attack our obsession with consumerism, the way we treat our environment, the way we treat each other. You know, 
Vijira Mata outside of purely musical analysis? How many bands can you say that for? That outside of purely musical analysis, they legitimately matter. And it's again similar as we were discussing before. It's a short list, Sam. It really is. Um, the the thing is as well is how many would I say that and genuinely believe that it's real and not a marketing campaign? Mm. Um, like, and, and I believe that with Kajira. I believe that with Architects. I believe that with While She Sleeps. I'm not too sure about most of the bands. Mm. Um, like I've got, I've got nothing, I've got nothing, nothing against, nothing against or pro any of the band's political stances or whatever. You are who you are, and making music doesn't need you need, means you need to be married to any particular thing. Um, but I'm not sure. Like if if Metallica just decided tomorrow that they were suddenly an environmental supporting metal band, I was like, well, weren't you weren't you last touring like every single country that you could possibly tour in all the time and 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 you're this big money making consumerist machine and all that sort of stuff it, it would be difficult for me to align myself thinking that that would be an accurate way of them perceiving themselves so Gajira doing it it's it's utterly gen- genuine about their views about the environment and their views about global warming and consumerism like you mentioned and the way that the world should be moving forward and that is absolutely a short list because you you hit the nail on the head, I, I think the other day, uh, the other week actually, when we spoke to Loz, um, while talking about a trend that's in metal, which is you know we're going to tweet about the problem, and we're going to say that it's an issue, and we're going to complain about it in our songs, and then it's going to go away, mm. um, and we're going to put this on a shelf. Well, that's not that's not going to fix the issue. Yeah. While I'm not saying that metal bands need to be at the forefront of protests, that's not what I'm saying. But if you've got a platform and a voice, and you have an issue with something then a catchy chorus is not going to change the world mm-hmm. for that. Do you know what I mean? So I, I completely align myself with you that it is an incredibly short list. I absolutely agree. Well, you make, you make a good point there. I mean, let's look at Amazonia on this record. Of you know, quite clearly from its title, is, uh, you know, lambasts the human race for our inactivity, not not so much just around climate change, but specifically about the wildfires in Amazon. They haven't just written this song called Amazonia, which has a go at us for letting this happen. They set the, the any kind of proceeds made from Amazonia, the single, are given to um, to to tribes that have been caused great difficulty by the wildfires in the Amazon. That's being the change. Do you know what I mean? That is that yeah, is Gajira. They're not just writing about hey, we're dickheads for letting this happen. Yeah, we're dickheads letting this happen. And here's what we're going to do about it. And so without making me seem holier than there and I called it and I'm right, that's one of the reasons why I love Gajira so much. Yes, they're right about climate change. They're right about um, our obsession with consumerism and all this like interesting philosophical and civilization tearing apart stuff. But they actually also do something about it as well. And that's the that's the real thing. And that's why... I think fortitude matters way outside of purely musical analysis because it's a record that conceptually matters, thematically bangs, as we're going to get into, and actually tries to make a difference. And as just repeat the point, how many albums can we say that for? I think that's very, very fair. I also like, to be be perfectly honest, between me and and the the listeners, um, I really prefer bands that talk about the real world Mm. Um, because we are approaching a point without getting on my high horse where um, the, the world that we live in now is more terrifying than any black metal prog, um, prog, yeah. prog concept album yeah. about this apocalyptic, you know, like those albums that you're like, we're going to go to an apocalyptic black hole where we're tearing each other mm. apart. Yeah. yeah, you just looked out your window then because that's what's going on right now in our actual world. And I, yeah. and I appreciate um, bands like Gajira being like, that's that's the horror. That's what we need to handle. That's what we need to deal with. And like you say, doing something about it. There's also, and we're going to get into the album, obviously in depth musically. So it's also not just a Gajira song where they talk about that. There's like Aboriginal Amazonian style music within that yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, and there's so there's they've, they've actually threaded it within their actual sound alongside donating. So yeah, I mean, all right. Even if you didn't like the music. You can't dislike Gajira for what they're about, can you? No. You know what I mean? Like that, and that 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 is something to be admired. And again, I'll go back to my original point. How many times did you say that about any band, any musical artist, yeah. um, that you don't like their music, but you can respect who they are, what they're trying to do, and what they're about? Those two things often tend to be married. In Gajira's case, that isn't. So I think that's a positive. 
Magma was a slight departure from Gajira's discussion, uh, obviously primarily because of the tragic loss of uh, Mario and Joe Duplantier, who were the brothers who, in Gajira, drummer and guitarist, uh, the loss of their mother, uh, that dictated where the record would go. But Fortitude very much returns to the fight of lambasting the, the ills of humanity. Uh, Sam, what a tremendous, tremendous metal record this is. I mean, how fucking great is this record? It's so good, so great. Yeah, um, I think it. I think if you, if you, if you press play on this record within forty-five seconds, you're like, oh, Gajira, this is what they're about. Yeah, um, because within forty-five seconds, you get that, that sick drum roll to open. Oh my yeah. god, that absolutely beautiful, like sort of like sixteenth rolled groove. I just adore it with that bass running under it, and then it kicks into this just incredible groove laden riff and it's just there were like three or four separate moments on that opening track that are just syncopated like off rhythm just moments of, of just genius just musical uh, musical genius and yes this is um i think this is the blueprint for a nine out of ten metal record yeah yeah I, like I'm if, totally if you like what, you. what what does a nine out of ten metal what does a really great metal record look like this because there's so much going on here and it doesn't let you get bored. It doesn't, doesn't outstay its welcome, but at the same time, it expands and it goes beyond different stuff. And there's a Gajira style, isn't there? We know yeah. that. We know what we know what a great Gajira song sounds like. We know their guitar sound and the way they write those like snaky, snaky little riffs with the slow groove stuff. We know how that works. But at the same time, they've managed to incorporate every so often like something else. There's another element to their the element to their to their music and the string to their bow that they sort of like expand a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and I think um on this on this album it was the song Hold On. That, oh my god mate that, that swing that, that swinging like, lead riff. Yeah oh my god I love that, it the, I, I love the, it that's yeah it's my favorite song on the album. Yeah um, but it's not a Gajira song really <laughs> no no um, no like I heard that and I was like uh, it's like, what is this? And there's this group vocal. I actually was like, like really just taken aback. And it's got this like slow, slow sort of groove to it. And it's just really, really, really nice. Just this beautiful fading riff. Um, and I just thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just epic sound. And it fades into that lovely, lovely, lovely riff, doesn't it? That sort of... Um, that that atmospheric sort of slithering um, style introduction, uh, I just, I just, I was just, I was just really, really into it. Just that group vocal at the start, I just thought it was absolutely terrific. And again, it's got all of the classic Gajira tropes. It's got that guitar sound. It's got that guttural vocal, um, and those just. Uh, you, you mentioned you talked talked to Mario. He, he's he's mate. He is he's mate. incredible. Like. You, you'll tell me you're the drummer, dude. He he's got to be the best modern metal drummer in the game, man. Like, dude, he's incredible. He's is fantastic. Um, he's he's as he's as he's as he's as he's as good as um as, as the bloke from Mastodon, whose name yeah. is scarcely right now. Um, they're they're on, they're on equal. There you go. Thank you. They're on they're on pars with me, as is uh the bloke from Tool, whose name is also. Escape me while I'm on, on I'm on this I'm on this sort of round, but they they are all sort of that incredible, and and then the reason that they're all phenomenal is because they like I've said this so after times. I mean, you could plug in what most metal most metal drummers do, you know, yeah. blast beats and thirty second kick drums, and it's just the machine gun sound underneath everything going on, and just that consistent. That's whatever. Dave Lombardo have been doing that since nineteen eighty four. Like you know, we just plug that in. But what these drummers do, like Mario, um, are it's the fills, it's the syncopated nature, it's the it's the starting a fill at the end of a bar and still kicking in halfway through the next one. It's it's messing around with the hi hats, messing around with cymbals on like little off beats and like settling with the with the toms in between stuff. And it's little grace notes where you're letting the stick lie on the snare, and that's also I think that obviously it makes the music better. But I've got to think that's that's got to make the band better. Um, yeah. Because you're that 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 collective rhythm um, that they're sharing, and that sort of that sort of just 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 swelling pulsing beat that just keeps shifting and changing. 
um, makes their whole music like breathe. And I, I just think he is absolutely superb. He's absolutely superb. He's the, he's the star. He's the star of a record. He's the star of the record as far as the instrumentation goes for me. Um, but yeah, I just there's so many, so many absolutely wonderful, wonderful moments on this. Um, there's <laughs> I, I love reviewing Greg Gajira because I've just written like keywords. I've just written things like drums or caps or pink harmonic. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, like, newfound, there's this lumbering, heavy, methodical groove, with just that incredible riff with the pinch harmonic halfway through as well. Just, just stuff, just so much, just sort of moments going on where you find yourself gurning and grooving along to it. There's also an element of real thought, um, and just absolutely beautiful. Like, um, like, I talked about the chant and how that has like a swing to it as well. Like, it, I was ambivalent about it at first. I thought it was slow. And dull, but then after a couple of tra- a couple of times I heard it, it really started to warm on me. And in the weight of all the other songs, I thought it was I thought it was really intense. This is this is a terrific record. Uh, I, I I think it's comparable. I think it's comparable. I think it's better than Magma, um, and it's um, it's comparable with the the Lafont Sauvage um, album for me that it's it's up there in terms of uh, the best Kajira records that I've heard of the last four or five it's it's terrific I agree uh, I think it's up there with Kajira's best album I think I think why it's up there Sam is because it's the same old technically excellent Kajira with new sprinkles added in like the title track and the chant Mate, let's call it what it is. That is essentially seven minutes built around one repeating lead hook, right? Yep. Now, if I pitch that to you, right, let's say eight months ago, if I pitch that to you, I was like, hey, dude, um, on the new Gajira album, there's going to be two songs that run back to back off each other, one title track, one called The Chant, uh, that are going to be probably the most melodic thing that Gajira have ever done. And it's going to be seven minutes all built around one gang vocal. I, I, I'm fairly certain you would have met me with concern. You would, uh, you know, obviously we trust Gajira, you know, they're a band that we do 23 years and they're amazing, but that just sounds like oh, that's, that's one you're going to have to really push on me. That one is. I don't know whether that's going to go down well. Actually, Fortitude and the chant, like the title track and the chant, they're great. Like that, the chant is so cinematic. Like you know, um, Michael Jackson did a song. I can't remember. I can't remember what the name. What, Earth song. You remember the video for Earth song by Michael Jackson, where like at the end, yeah. there's like like a hurricane destroying the earth. Like, mate, you could take that video and put the chant over the top of it. I think that's like the most perfect song. It's like soundtrack and impending apocalypse. I think it just, it just completely fits in with the thematic idea of the record. I think it's really out there. It's it's a bold choice for Gajira to go to go there for seven minutes as well. But mate, it really works. The way the way they've put it in between the record, it really works. Like if they release those two as a single, I think a lot of eyebrows would be raised, but contextually inside the record, it really, really works. It's really fascinating, seven-minute listen. And that's not something that you would have found on a previous Kajira record that I've heard anyway. I mean, the way, you know, Magma starts with the shooting star, right? Uh, which at that point was probably the most obtuse thing Gajira have ever done. But, mate, Born for One Thing, you mentioned it. Born for One Thing comes absolutely roaring out the gates, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. And uh, Just an absolutely, incredibly immediately engaging opening um, that features three or four or five terrific, terrific Gajira riffs just in the first 45 seconds to a minute. Um and constantly keeps you guessing and keeping you changing. Um, I, I, I love, I love the groove of this album. I think Gajira have just got some up, just a sort of weight and a thud and a heartbeat to what they're able to produce while they're producing it. That really sets them apart. Like I said, I said to you before um, that they that they've toured with a bit more punch, and I, and I and I believe I believe that because they've got some of the atmosphere and the slithery riffs of Tool, but it just has this additional weight. 
and feeling behind it. And I think that is perfectly encapsulated in that opening track. And I, I think there are several, I think there are several songs on this that, that, that really, that really feel meaty and really feel, feel well-founded. Like, like I said, I was getting, I was getting real, real vibes of like their Lafont Sauvage, I've butchered that again, most likely, um, uh, era. Uh, and 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 I think that's I think that's a wonderful thing considering their own personal tragedies and whatever everything they've been through. To be able to come back and be able to replicate some of that intensity is is phenomenal. Also, also there's it took me by surprise uh, at this stage as well. There was some utterly gorgeous guitar solos. Yeah, utterly, utterly gorgeous lead passages as well that I just think are absolutely absolutely beautiful here i think i think the songwriting and the, the degree of difficulty for, for gishira songs is just is just right up there this is another confirmation of their of their place in the annals of of, of metal history and the respect that they have from their peers however to our initial point chris do you think this moves the needle for them Oh man. Um so I'd say no. Although I really like the album. I I don't think it's I don't listen to this and think, yeah, this is you're gonna be headlining in eighteen months. I just I love I love the album. I just don't think it does anything more for them than Mars to Sirius has done or this moves um, the needle for them if the people that claim to love Gajira put their money where their fucking mouth is. If everyone that loves Gajira buys this album, Gajira become metal superstars. I tweeted out a couple of weeks ago. I can't say enough. I can't say a lot about the album. I'll get in trouble. If we don't make Gajira superstars off this album, we deserve to still have Def Leppard headlining download in 2026. This is it. This is the chance. Buy it. Support it. You know, you want Gajira to headline download. Get them there. Buy the yeah. album. It's fucking brilliant. They're amazing. Download on iTunes. Spend a tenner to buy the CD. Even if you're not going to ever fuck it, even if I've got a CD player. If you want a new metal band to take the fucking genre by storm, put them there. Copying isn't going to put them there. He doesn't make, we make the call. We select them. And then copying represents that on a fucking festival lineup. So just put them there. Buy the album. Or if you don't buy the album, then shut up about moaning about download. If you don't buy the album and you're annoyed that Kiss are outlining download, then you are the reason for that. You're you're at least part of the reason yeah. for that. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Buy it, you prick. And stop buying <laughs> Kiss albums, you motherfuckers. And fuck me, stop buying Kiss albums and buying tickets to fucking Kiss oh. shows. They suck. You're, um, you're, you've got a better feel for this than me then. Just a quick follow-up question then. All right. What does it need to do? What do, are we talking? Does it need to be top five in the UK? Top ten? It needs to be What's, top ten. Okay. It needs it needs to be top ten, and their next UK tour has to set out because if it's top ten in the UK, then I think they they do a run of shows and they end up at Alexandra Palace. They have to sell out, and then if they sell out, then they go to their booking and their booking management and they're like, hey, uh, on our last UK tour, we played to Alexander Places 10,000. And then if they did a run of Academy shows, we played to like 25,000 people. Um, let's do one show in an arena in Glasgow, one show in an arena in London, and then one show at the Apollo. Um, that's that. Then let's see if we can do 30,000. And then if that's what we're talking about, then Gajira could be talked about as take out next step because they've headlined bloodstock and at the moment they get they generally get third on the on the lineup at download right so you know they're there the lot the the superstar level is there and they're just they're just loitering here and so what it needs to do is to get top 10 and for people to and for absolutely their next headline tour has to sell out i do want to speak to you a bit more about the album sam um yeah of course now, Amazonia, uh, Born for One Thing, and Another World are all singles, so we won't overly embellish on them. But, mate, that angular riff texture to Amazonia is beautiful. That dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Beyond them soft cymbal strikes by Mario, it is absolutely 
beautiful, so good. And the message that song is about the actual action of any process that given to the tribes dam- that have been mostly damaged by the fo- Amazon wildfires. Mate, I'm in love with this song. It's so great. It's absolutely wonderful. It's got this grooving, nodding, continual just. Dun, 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 yeah. I love, I love that stuff. It's got this sort of like subtle sort of sneaking sort of feel to it. And I, I, I agree that there's, there are just some utterly, absolutely brilliant songs on this. I think as well, like if you put their Gajira set list and you open, you have them opening with Born One Thing, you have Amazonian on there, Another World, and then you also chuck in uh, Hold On because I think it bangs. Yeah. And in, Into the Storm, which I was like, holy shit, this chorus is massive. Yeah, it's like, There's some groove. There's some absolutely incredible drums at the start where it feels like a real, like a metalcore song. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, these songs would just do absolute wonders for them. It is an album that's just utterly, utterly brilliant. Um, as well, talk about the um, my favourite riff on the album, please, which is the opening riff on Sphinx. Mate, I knew, I knew 10 seconds into Sphinx, Sam is going to adore this song. Not just for that opening riff, the beautiful br- solo in the bridge section, Yes. Textu- texturally, it is scathingly heavy. And mate, Mario's drum work on Sphinx is out of this world, man. I knew you'd be all over that song. That song is insane. I, 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 I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how he does it. Um, the the what what I, what I love. I don't want to repeat myself again. He finds these little pockets of space in between the riffs, and he doesn't just fight and uh, um, for the for the for the riff itself. He just just follow it along. And he finds his, he improvises on the top of stuff and he offers these like syncopated little grace notes, little bits and little fills here and there to give it individual and give this and give this band this sense of life. And that's why I think these bands like Gajira and Macedon survive because, not survive, flourish. Is because, you, you know, the the death metal bands, a ten a penny that sound that certain way. That have those um, certain that certain drum sound with that certain breakdown and the certain screaming pattern and all this sort of stuff is just it becomes formulaic um, and you can sort of tick it off. Whereas you can't do that with Gajira. You can't do that with Gajira no. at all. Um, there's there's a bit on the, the I'm going to give you an example of this grind. Now, if you listen to the first minute and a half of grind, you'd think it was one type of Gajira song. And then you click on it at a minute 45 or two minutes in and literally without warning at all, just flicks on a knife edge and changes it to this like ethereal, melodic, like complete switch. Almost like the song just gets thrown underwater. And it, and it, it's just like, what is this? And, and this is a band that are utterly comfortable and able to just be as progressive or as pop as they like, as we talked about on, on, on sort of hold on and the chance, like, like you said, they were death metal in Test of One. Yeah. <laughs> now this is a that's a rock song, so it's two rock songs on this, um, and it doesn't sound out of place. But at the same time, again, I don't think they've taken anything away of off their last four or five albums in terms of the intensity. Um, when you combine all these things together, the musical ingenuity that sets them apart from the average metal band, the songwriting bravery that makes them feel individual and brave and rewarding, couple that with their historic levels of consistency. Then, really, Chris, even if they don't get the big headline that they deserve, when we inevitably do our 30 albums of 30 bands of the, of the 21st century in 2039, when we're both in our 40s yeah. and shouting at each other, which is what I'm going to pitch to you in about 10 minutes' time. <laughs> um, Gajira are going to be in that top five. Yeah. Und- where we're, talk- we're talking about who are, the, who are the 30 best bands of the last 30 years in modern metal. Gajira in the top five. Uh, and then then hopefully we're still talking about Slipknot and Parkway Drive and While She Sleeps and the next 15 bands that are coming in the next sort of 18 years. And I think that's phenomenal. But because of all those things, they are they are able to they are able to be in those sort of lists moving forward because of those songs that I, that I mentioned. And because if you're a classic Gajira fan, and you're like, I want to hear stuff that sounds like Master Serious sound. Listen to the Sphinx. Yeah. Listen to listen to the opening three or four tracks of here. If you're like, oh, right, I want to hear something different. I'm a little bit bored by the current Gajira sound. Sound. Listen to the chant. Listen to Hold On. Yeah. Um, if you want to just, if you just love them as musicians, 
Listen to fucking grind. <laughs> Listen to grind. Oh my god. Listen to grind yes. and and Listen mate. To grind. The trails. How interesting is the trails? I think it's one of the more outlandish yeah. moments on the record. Even with the title track and the chant, which we've already discussed, included, it's comparatively relaxed against the rest of the album. But these these really neat little symbol strikes from Mario and there's really lush riffs behind Joe Duplantier. It's a really really interesting track. I just want to divert just a, a quick moment. Joe Duplantier is producer, lead guitarist, and vocalist for this band. The guy is a genius. Yeah, he is. He is amazing. Mate, we're, we're going to have to go back to Hold On because it's, it's one of my favourite metal songs I've heard in years. Mate, yes, that, the lead riff on this song is absolutely amazing. And it takes its time to build this huge, like, volcanic explosion of metal. It is incredible. And the way it's been produced, just literally, like, I'm falling at the mouth here. I can't verbalise how much I love this track. And... There's a moment where the lead riff from the start kicks back in towards the end of the song. It yeah, feels, I was it like feels, cheering. It, it, honestly, it fills me with joy. Like I'm actually, I'm like happy. I shouldn't, you know, for a record that's as thematically and lyrically bleak as Fortitude is, it makes me so happy. Metal with the subject matter, this dark, should not put a smile on my face. Also, there's an insane solo at the end as well, just to fucking add that on. I honestly think Hold On's one of the best songs I've ever done. Like, I yeah, would I say my favourite Gajira song is Stranded. I just think it, I just think it's like one of the easily one of the best metal songs of the 21st century. I think it's incredible. Hold on, really isn't far behind it, man. I mean, it, this song is incredible. Um, just as we start closing off here, Newfound, how Gajira managed to splice these soaring melodies into so many of their songs. It, it, it blows me away because, and we mentioned this, Gajira are a really obtuse band. You know, they're playing odd time signatures and the writing's complex, but they manage to, to drop these hooks into songs that really shouldn't have one. Like Newfound, really, and, and especially The Grind as well, the, the, um, sorry, especially Grind as well, those two songs, they should be death metal songs, really. But the way they structure them and the, the way they push to put some kind of hook and anthem on is it just transforms them into these big cinematic metal tracks. And again, I'm going to mention Mario again. The way he's like an android, the way he traverses over his kit on Newfound specifically, just absolutely amazing. Um, I think that it'll be a real, it'll be a real kick in the teeth for for metal if Gajira aren't at least moved up the needle a few a few markers from the back of this record. It's one of those things where if this record doesn't do it, then we're going to have to just accept that Gajira are, acad are an academy and slash maybe a one-off Alexandra Palace band, which, are, you know, I want to say there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That is a perfectly sizable band. That is perfectly sizable uh, fan base and that they will still go down as one of the great bands of this, of this generation. Um, but... For for me and you, we want new superstars, don't we? We want we want new stars, and Gajira absolutely deserve to be there. Some I think that I think that Gajira are the only band that could have written this album. Yeah, okay, I think that's fair. The way it wraps its message around these huge technical metal landscapes is really like cinematically beautiful. Metal needed this record. The world needed this record. Gajira needed this record. It's it's everything you could have possibly wanted from a Gajira album in the sense of it chases something grander, masters that, as well as keeping that spine of Gajira, which you would hope they never lose. And when I spoke to Mario, he said they're super, super picky with what melodies they choose. And if they think something might sound too cheesy, it's immediately scrapped. So, you know, the future of Gajira, if you're if you're worried they would ever deviate, the future of Gajira, of Gajira sounds absolutely safe. Well, that, well, that that's the th that's the thing. Me and you were sitting here concerned if they're ever going to have a hit single to get them to download. Who says they want that? Yeah, yeah. Who says that? Sam, um, just to close off here, I, I can't I, I can't make it any clearer than this um 
this is a landmark, this is a potentially landmark moment in metal. This, if this catches, if this catches on, and people get really get behind this record, this could really change things for metal. Seeing a band as obtuse as Gajira get pushed up could be a real, real watermark moment. Uh, what do you feel? I think that it could be. I think that it could be. If you ask me that I think it will, that's a different question entirely because I'm I'm less optimistic than you generally. But um, what I will say is that regardless of what happens in terms of their popularity of people, that it doesn't actually sound like they're too bothered about appealing to. Gajira are one of the 21st century's greatest metal bands. And this is just another another line in that essay that we're all going to end up writing about them um, at the foot at the foot of their at the foot of their careers that confirm their place among the very greatest in metal. Um, because really, really, we talk about Megadeth and we just talked about their contemporaries as um, Lamb of God and Mastodon and, 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 and Parkway Drive and bands like that. But really, what's stopping us from saying that their contemporaries are Slayer and Megadeth at some point? Yeah. Because when it gets to 20 to 25 years of consistent metal greatness, then that's where they are. You know what I mean? That's what that's what level that they're gonna they're gonna get to. Um, Gajira are terrific. More people should listen to them, and the world would be a better place if they did. But until then, they're gonna keep pumping out great albums every four years. Me and you are gonna have the same conversation and froth over how great they are. This is another example of that. If you listen to this and you've never heard a Gajira album before, check them out and then do what I did and what you did. Go backwards. Yeah, just keep going backwards until you till you get disappointed. It'll be a while. Yeah. They're really, really, they're really, really good, and that and that and that's the end of it. That Gajira one of the metals great, and I do wish they were more popular. I absolutely do, and and I'd like to believe that I hope that you're right. That this will be the thing that changes for them, becomes a watershed moment for metal. But if not, at least at the very end, we got a great Gajira album out of it. That's going to bring episode 66 of the Noise Podcast to an end. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed me and Sam just being wax lyrical about how fucking brilliant Gajira are and how fucking brilliant Fortitude is. Um, we are going. We're going. I'm going to release this. We're recording this on my birthday. Uh, we are going to release this on Friday, the 23rd of April. Uh, and then on the following Tuesday, me and Sam are about to record that episode now as well. So on Tuesday, we're going to release a rec- uh, an episode disco- uh, discussing, sorry, uh, new records from Cruelty and from Osaya. And we'll also have an interview with Osaya's frontman as well. Um, until then, we really hope you've enjoyed us discussing Gajira's n- next album, Fortitude, out on April 30th via Roadrunner Records. By it, the time has come for us to make this fucking band superstars. It's amazing. We're going to be back on Tuesday. Thank you for listening. Remember to follow us at Noise Podcast on Twitter. Uh, remember to subscribe to us if you're watching on YouTube and like slash follow us if you're listening anywhere else. It's the best way to support the show. We're going to be back next Tuesday. Thank you for listening. As always, we love you. Bye. <laughs>